one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, everybody. Thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily Talk Sport show. Martin Keown joined myself and Simon Jordan today to look back at a massive Premier League weekend that saw the pressure increase on those at the bottom of the league and an eight-point gap open up at the top. Let me tell you, I was at Tottenham uh, against Arsenal yesterday. Martin, I have to say, um, got the tune, Green Park, change all the way out to Seven Sisters and I walked from Seven Sisters station to the stadium. Tottenham High Road. Even I, really wish, the... I really wish I was safe enough to do that on a match day. You can't do it. Arsenal Spurs, former player, no way. To walk, no to, way. To do that walk yesterday? No, absolutely no way is that safe for a former Arsenal player to do that. Even for the Arsenal fans, it's um, you walk the gauntlet when you walk down that high street, let me tell you. Well, I'm, I met many Tottenham fans on the way there, but what, they were all good-humoured and, and great, and many of them coming up telling me how much they love Mr Simon Jordan, which was great to hear. But there was a, there, there was a mood of pessimism going into it. They, 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 they looked as if they were going to watch Arsenal beat them. I've got to say, they had that. That was the mood. Going well, into I, it. I thought it was an incredible atmosphere, a real cauldron for those Arsenal oh, players to phenomenal. go into. Yeah, uh, I thought the way that Arsenal moved the ball, Jim, uh, with the, an air of superiority, slickness, uh, Zinchenko coming into midfield. I think the tactics for Conte don't want to be too critical, but it just feels that that system is too easy to play against. And Arsenal, well oiled in possession, out of possession. I thought that little triangle. Not many people talking about that. The goalkeeper, of course is in the headlines maybe for the wrong reasons today. I don't think it was anything of his net fault. I, w- I will say, and on the line, Ramsdale, um, why can't he celebrate when he wins a game of football? Um, that triangle with him at the back and then the two central defenders in front, they're mm. very young, Jim. But the performances are so mature. Though, I mean, I know Kane had a couple of chances. That was it, really. Uh, they smothered him. Um, and the way that Arsenal play their football, Zinchenko popping into midfield. This is a good time now to be an Arsenal fan but they've won nothing yet everybody wanting to say that Arsenal have, uh, it's theirs to throw away not at all Jim not at all because it's Man City's title that they're hanging on to and Arsenal have got to develop have got to keep reaching out to improve and get better and I see that that they will you'll be it, careful with your words their name's on the trophy isn't it no not at all not at all it's too far to go in this season and Man City when you look at the runs that they're capable of going on 
Uh, no, it's not done at all. And Manchester United, it's interesting because, you know, next weekend there's a game and I think it's interesting because Sky ran away from that fixture this time last year, deemed it not to be good enough anymore. Arsenal versus <laughs> Manchester United. BT were more than happy to take it. Now that's a massive fixture. Who do you work for? Oh, BT. <laughs> I suddenly remember. Well, your beloved Sky didn't want it, Jim. Not my beloved so, Sky. I have nothing yeah. to do with Sky. Oh, okay. But anyway, but get it For 25 years. When maybe. are you going to start believing that Arsenal will, if not win it, go very, very close. When are you going to say their name is on it? Well, it's not about me. It's about the players that are in the dressing room. It's not about... <coughs> there's, there's been lots of quotes today from lots of other people. I'm, I'm not going to add my name to it. Arsenal just keep just need to keep doing what they're doing, Jim. They're on fire. Yeah. They're at boiling point. It's oh, they fantastic. Were they were it's terrific. fantastic to watch. Let's see where it takes them. But there's it, an awful it, long it way to go. It's terrific to watch, Martin. You're dead right. Odegaard, superb. Saka, absolutely brilliant yesterday. Do you think their name's on it, Simon? Um, I think there's 19 games to go, obviously, and I think there's a lot more twists and turns. It's a very interesting Premier League, a very strange Premier League. I don't know whether you attribute it to World Cup-itis or you attribute it to um, bad decisions by managers at the beginning of the season. I think Arsenal are in a unique vein of form for, the, for at this moment in time. I think it's wrong to compare what happened in May with Tottenham where Arsenal were on a wobble for a period of time Tottenham came through that I think Tottenham are improving in small margins Arsenal improving exponentially that's why you saw the outcome that you saw yesterday in the first half for 10 minutes in the second half Tottenham ripped them and if they'd have scored a goal Tottenham the game would have been opened up because they really did rip them for, for, from, from, about fifth, from about 49 minutes up to about 59 minutes if Tottenham had got a goal and they could have should we have must have been watching a different game then Simon well no I didn't Martin let's, let's, you let's had go, a glass of wine let, or something let, let's go back no, I have a glass of wine. Arsenal dominate that I, game. I have a glass of wine when I come in and have to endure you sometimes. But what I do <laughs> is I watch the first 45 minutes where Arsenal made, made Tottenham look like rank amateurs. But for 15 minutes of the second half, Tottenham took Arsenal. And if they'd have scored a goal, Session Yonder scored. And there were two or three chances where they really got Arsenal on the rack. Now... Arsenal showed the resilience of potential champions because even when they weren't in control of the game for that 15 minutes, they still had a degree of resilience about yeah, them and they saw it There was bound to be a reaction from Tottenham, Simon, but I think they would course. have played all day without scoring, to be quite honest. Possibly. I mean, it's 32 possibly. points in the last 36 available for Arsenal. Yeah. 32 points in the last 36. I mean, that is one heck Formidable, of a run. That's, that's title-winning form, man. It is, and you look at the... It's a massive improvement. It really, it, I mean, we look, we look at what Newcastle have done incredible as well sure. in that journey, let's not forget. Uh, but from obviously the end of last season, the, the, if you looked at the game at the end of last season at White Lane and compare it to where Arsenal were, Arsenal were nowhere near the level they are right now. They're fighting, scrapping for everything, Jim. Yeah. They know exactly where to be out of possession. And in possession, they are really confident right now. So, you know, I look at Enketia and I think, well, look, if, if Jesus gets in the team, he's going to have to be at the top of his game to, to get back in that team right mm. now. It's incredible, so, Simon, since May, Tottenham spent £172 million, Arsenal spent £122 million. Yeah, but you've also got to factor in that part of that, I'm not giving, I'm not giving Tottenham's any pass here because Arsenal were a better side and that's why they beat Tottenham. They're an infinitely better side right now. But £42 million of that was already pretty much on Tottenham's books with Romero. So that's a signing that doesn't look like a new signing. It's like a signing that was already priced into their thinking. The bottom line is, is that Arsenal are doing very, very well. I'm surprised that the questions are beginning to abound about Man City and Erling Haaland and what's happening there because we would have anticipated that Man City would have continued to evolve and actually gone to another level with Haaland. So Arsenal are taking the benefit of A, being very good at what they're doing and B, a very strange Premier League where you're seeing Chelsea all over the place, Liverpool don't know whether they're Arthur or Martha, Tottenham are not progressing the way that we thought we would and we thought they might under Conte and, you know, you're looking at 
a Manchester City side that seems to have some slight questions being asked of it. You yeah. saw an interview with Gundogan during the course of the week that you wouldn't have attributed to a Man City player, and then he's not playing on the Saturday. That might explain some of his comments. Mm. Mm. And you hear underneath the surface that there's something not quite right in Man City right now. But Arsenal, can they win this league? Absolutely, they can. I yes. think. I think yeah. City, Jim. I think they're just. Look, I think they'll find a way, City, to be better than they are right now. Haaland, well, they've got to, Haaland is, a, is an outstanding player, but if you look at it, it's all geared to one player. Back before, it was very collective. You have a succession of players scoring. Gundogan was the top goal scorer just two seasons ago. Yeah. So they're coming to terms, aren't they, with changing with that collective way of attacking to almost geared to one player. And at the moment, that's not quite sitting well. I think it was evident afterwards, Martin, we're in the mix zone. For those who, what's the mix zone? That's when the player, the zone that the media stand in and the players come through and if they want to talk to the media, they do. If they don't, heads down, they just get through it. Apart from Kulisewski, not one Tottenham player that I could see decided to stop and chat. Um, Kane head down out. It's Romero, the same. Loris, the same. There was a mood of huge disappointment afterwards and amongst, and I, I, I accept it. They've just not, they've just lost the, the North London derby. Um, Arsenal, Saliba spoke to me, you'll hear that in a moment, but there was a mood of kind of, we've just been defeated and it feels bad. Uh, that was the mood at Tottenham yesterday. That's normal. That yeah. is a normal behaviour, yeah. Jim. You don't want to be putting a microphone in front of me. I tell you who didn't compound it was Antonio Conte. He gave a different interview to the media than most would have anticipated. There was no whining, no carping, no grating, yeah. no bitching and moaning, no underlying messages, yeah. no insidious implications of what he has and hasn't got or inferences. There was a, a Antonio Conte that was quite balanced, I thought. Quite sure. Well, it would have been sure. difficult for him to have done that, wouldn't it, after criticising Arteta last last year, last time round, for complaining about everything else. Do you think Ramsdale was um, innocent, an innocent party? I think he was... I think totally Jim, innocent at Jim. the end. Do you do you, you you look at Richarlison at the uh, at the World Cup? You know the samba, the dancing, and the wrestling. The way that they behaved after they scored their goals, and then and all he's done is just pointed to his badge, and Richarlison's gone off the deep end. Is he is he for real, Richarlison? Mm. I don't believe that he did anything wrong, particularly in in that celebration. Pointing at his badge to the Getting Tottenham fans. Getting by the fans. Pointing most, at his badge to the Tottenham, the Tottenham most fans. Most of the Tottenham fans have gone sure at that stage, Jim. Is that, they're all, they're all is that exiting, They're all exiting the stadium. I don't think he's gone too far. I didn't I see, I didn't I see him running. Wise. I think you're right, Jim. I don't think it's wise, but I don't think it gives one iota of excuse to that fan. Correct. Oh, I absolutely. I, I don't think it was wise. I mean, there is a football player on a pitch that's in a, in a great position in every walk of his life, and if a bunch of strangers are barracking you, then you just have to get over it, don't you? Yeah. You know, probably don't give it back to him. It's not wise. And then walk over and pick your gloves so you're right in their face. But I don't think it gives Richarlison one iota of excuse for getting in his face, and it certainly doesn't give that moronic fan the same thing. Absolutely right. And Rich and you're right about that as well, Martin. Richarlison had nothing to do with it, so why get involved? A lot to get through this morning. We will be talking about the Everton situation. Of course we will. That and a whole bunch of things. Uh, Jim White, Simon Jordan, Martin Keown, Monday morning, talk sport. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Martin Keown, Arsenal Invincible, alongside Simon and myself. Martin, when you look at it, the Gunners, 14 points ahead now of Tottenham with a game in hand. How has this North London gulf in class been allowed to materialise, do you think? Well, it's just been stunning the way that the players have taken everything on board from Arteta. The, the information, the two initially at the start of the season, Jesus and Zinchenko came in and sort of raised the bar, gave them an extra level of belief. The, the performances came with that, result after result, and then belief, Jim. That's what it's, what it's about now. Yeah. They used to play with hope, now it's belief. And they really take the game to their opponents. They want to win it as soon as they can, set their stall out. And that is um, fantastic. I mean, that was really, I mean, I look back to the teams that we had under Wenger, and that was the message. Let's win it as soon as we can. 
and then um, get the job done and w- move towards the next game. And that's what they need to do now, get themselves through this heavy fixture list that's going to r- arrive. They've got the uh, Europa League to follow, of course, that kicks in as well. Two big games coming up now, Manchester United first and then Man City in the FA Cup. Uh, if you were to lose both of them, Jim, you'd be saying to me that Arsenal have blown it, it's all gone wrong and all the rest. So, you know, what you need to do is keep your feet on the ground and just take on your next opponent. So, I mean, Simon, when you look at it, 15 months into the Conte era, where are Tottenham now, would you say? Um, I think they're better with Conte there than they would be if it, if he wasn't. Obviously, the Nuno Espirito Santos um, experiment wasn't a particularly good one. Um, so I think Conte is the answer. Um, I don't know how quickly and how much support he's going to be given to be able to facilitate the changes that he needs to make. Arsenal are a better unit. You know, you should always stay with your gut. And this is easy for me to say now. My gut feel towards Arteta was that he was the right... He had all... I thought he was going to be a good manager. And I wobbled in the middle of it. I thought, actually, he's all theory and no to- and no action and no and no, and no substance behind it. And then I think the biggest decision that supported him was the decision around Aubameyang and having the courage to set out and belief that he had the support from those behind him to allow that situation to deal the way it does. Look, Tottenham are still in a situation where they've got to get a mentality into that football club where they believe that they can win. There's a compliancy to Tottenham. I don't understand it. You know, Arsenal are a good side, but Tottenham's performance in the first half enabled Arsenal to be better than they were. In the second half, Tottenham were a little bit better. Yeah. And so the game changed its direction. Now, it's very easy. Martin will tell you, as an ex-pro, when you're getting beaten and you're already the game's already out of sight to some extent, start turning up. You need to turn up from the first whistle when it really matters and be proactive in that response. I think Tottenham will still be in and around the top four. And I still think there's questions about whether Arsenal can win this league because I think you'll see Manchester City get back into the groove. But what you have seen at this moment in time, and football is such a moment in time business, Arsenal are making really good progress. They've got a really good group of players. And some of the players that we've got there are players that we've had questions about. The boy up top, Enketier, people would say, Martin included, this isn't going to be the answer. This isn't going to be the, the, the resolution to a problem. Yet here he is, a component part of a very well-old... And Newcastle, look at Newcastle. They haven't bought the world's best players. But look at them now. Mm. It's about confidence. It's about belief. It's about yeah. momentum. Yeah. Look at the feel about Arsenal. Arsenal are no no longer this toxic football club with this background noise from ghastly outlets like Arsenal Fan TV that I dig at because I do think they're part of the malaise that Arsenal was going but, through. But, uh, now you have a positive atmosphere. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. In terms of uh, Premier League fixtures, we knew it was going to be a significant weekend. It would be a meaningful weekend. Uh, and it would tell us a lot about a number of different clubs. Martin, I wonder what it tells us about Southampton. They claimed a huge three points away at relegation rivals Everton. So, Martin Keown, what about Nathan Jones, the man in charge of Southampton these days? He's delivered this week, has he not, in what probably was the biggest week of his managerial career? Well, remarkable. To, to have beaten Palace in the FA Cup and then the performance against Man City was was incredible, Jim, the way that they galvanised uh, and Man City didn't have a look in in that match. And then I just think they were looking for weakness in that game against Everton. Certainly the start of the second half, Everton did all the hard work, went in front in the match, was watching the game and then they let them back in and then just the momentum changed. It was becoming, you know, you know how hostile it is and toxic it is already. And, and I think Southampton really went after them. And Ward-Prowse, when he takes a free kick, it's almost like it's a penalty, Jim, now. Such is the quality yeah. from free kicks. Unreal. Um, that boy is getting better and better. Not a bad what, first goal he scored either, was it? No, yeah. I, I really find it strange that <coughs> no one's really ever gone after him. I don't want to disrupt there, and Southampton fans won't enjoy me saying it, but I, I, I remember talking to Hassan Hurtle about him, and he, he felt strange that no one of the big clubs have ever come near him and come after him because he keeps on doing what he's doing. I think, is that 16 now, Jim, from free kicks? He's up, look at the illustrious names he's up alongside there with the Beckhams and Henri's. Sure. Short spot ball, you know, from these three kicks. So, no, all credit to Southampton. They really did. They, uh, you know, that was one. It's an us and them scenario. You And it ain't going to be me. And it looked like they managed to handle the occasion far better than the Everton players did. So, Southampton left with all three points. So, this Monday morning, three clubs sit in the bottom three spots. West Ham, Everton and Southampton. All of them on 15 points. Everton have won three in 19 matches. And of course, what do we know? Well, we know that earlier on in the day, Everton had released a statement to say that the Everton board had been instructed to stay away from the game due to safety and security concerns. Simon, I know you went on Twitter giving your view on that. After the defeat, some of the fans outside the ground rounded one or two of the players, one of them being Yeri Mina. Have a listen. We can hear the passion in the voice of that supporter and he's addressed to Yeri Mina. Probably not wrong, by the way. Probably not wrong. <laughs> um, elsewhere, it was reported that Bill Kenwright, 
long time servant to the football club understood to have been subjected to verbal threats of violence mm. at a recent game and the chief executive Denise Barrett Baxendale reportedly put in a headlock by a fan after a recent home game apparently she had a car spat at we don't know if that's for absolute no, certainty no, we don't. Simon they don't know. No. but I noticed you on Twitter were saying no wrong the board should have fronted up yeah, I, I thought they should have done. If you'd been on that Everton board, Simon, would you have gone? Absolutely. I mean, I realise that there must be some substance behind whoever's given them the information. There's a real incredible threat. There's two, there's two parts of this conversation you need to have. Do Everton fans have the right to be exasperated, frustrated and deeply disappointed with their football club? Of course they do. Do they have the right, uh, certain segments of that fan base, to take it beyond that and turn it into a situation where Everton board directors are being advised by whomsoever it may be, I don't know whether it's the police or their own internal security services, that they shouldn't be at the game. And then you move into the territory of, well, what do you do in this situation? Do you lead? And do you sit there and say, well, I, sh I refuse to be, I should refuse to be um, curtailed by mob rule. I would be in the camp of, there's no, there's no parallel universe where I would not have been at that game. I had a similar situation, different with Crystal Palace, but the Charlton fans took great exception to me. Um, and there was real security alerts and the police told me that they didn't want me at the stadium and the police told me I had to stay in after the stadium after the game because there were, there were real incredible threats and it proved to be the case because the, the security guards that were looking after me were attacked around me but not because I'm some big armed man that wants to prove his point but because there's no way would I allow that to be a situation where people of a certain persuasion are going to dictate to me where I can and can't go and you have to lead, you have to front up I go back to the discussion that you and I had it's very easy to take it out on Bill Kenwright. And I like Bill. He's a very unwell man at this moment in time, but it doesn't alter the fact that he's still in situ at Everton and they don't like what he represents. Farhead Mashiri, if they're going to take their ire at anybody, and that ira should never go beyond the realms of people being unhappy and move into the territory of physical threats, it should be at Mashiri. Because this ridiculous notion that the board are able to make decisions with a guy that's worth the kind of money that he's got, whether it's his money, Usmanoff money, whoever's money it is, right? He's a 94% shareholder in Everton. He's the guy making the decisions. And this ridiculous scenario, the players on the pitch aren't doing enough. They aren't getting the team out of the cart. It's a combination of all of them. That fan, whilst over the top with perhaps his motion, isn't far wrong because the first people to vacate the building when failure comes down will be the players that contributed to it. The board aren't doing good enough. Mashiri's wasted. Normally what you get is fans going at you. Get your hand out your pocket. Get your hand into the business. Get some money behind it. There's no doubt this guy, whoever's money is, his, Usmanov's, whoever it is, right? They've spent 500 million quid on this football Incredible. club. Incredible. Hmm? Incredible amount of money. And they've wasted hmm. it. So you've got this accusation that somebody is a fool with his own money. I mean, it is his gift yeah. to be a fool of his own money. Yeah. But how this is going to resolve anything, how this is going to encourage buyers, there can never be... This, this seems to be... This element of toxicity that's manifesting itself in football is getting bigger and braver and more loud and more vociferous about what people can and can't do, can't do whilst they're supporting their football so, club. So Simon, if this was happening at Palace, you'd you'd have gone. Absolutely, and you'd have encouraged your board to go there. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of feel that way myself with my personality. Mm. So I want to front up. But do you not feel maybe they felt look okay? Um, perhaps we're a distraction. The board. Perhaps we're taking all the blame. Why don't we just step out of the way and let the manager gel with the fans and let them concentrate on getting what is a very important result this weekend? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm supposing, I'm supposing that could be a, must have a, been the view. No, I, well, listen, if there, one if, of safety, if, of course, as well. If you're in a situation where you step out because you voluntarily step out and you do it as an action, saying like, we're going to take ourselves out of the way because we don't need you to have any toxicity. When you, when the precursor is, we are advising you 
there is a real incredible threat that you shouldn't come to the stadium, then that's not a decision you're making because it's an, a, an act of proactive thinking on your part. It's a reaction to a, a set of circumstances that you cannot allow to manifest itself. You can't. I understand. I'm not stupid. The Everton foot fans love their football club. They want it to be better. But there is an element of stepping over the line. And whoever has made these threats, however real they are, mm. whether it's people are I'm reading the social media threads, I'm seeing it's a Ken Wright typical play. He baits and switch, he's divisive, he does this that, and the other. But 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 to, to some extent, there must be some form of substance behind this. It cannot be allowed to continue. When you went to that game all these years ago yeah. to see Palace against Charlton, mm. while you were there, mm. having had threats to your own safety, yeah. did you think at that time, I might have made a ricket here. I might, maybe I've no. over, overstretched it. Maybe no. I shouldn't be here. Let's be clear, this no. was the Charlton fans. No. It wasn't the Palace fans. It wasn't the Palace fans, it was Charlton fans. But notwithstanding it, it was still an intimidating environment, still one I was advised not to be in. No, I didn't, because... With due respect, without over-egging the pudding, leaders lead. And that's what you have to do. You have to sow strength. But if leaders lead, Mashiri hasn't attended a home game since October 2021. Well, I saw the barrier. I saw some of the banners the Everton fans put up. And I think that, I said to you last week, it's no good sending out open letters to fans. Get your backside inside the football stadium and let them see the, see the visibility of it and let them understand that you're leading this football club. No good writing, we're all aligned. They ain't aligned with you. They were pulled by the waste of money, your own money, by the way, and they were pulled by the team's performance. But you also then have to turn around and say, the way to arrest these things is for the players and the manager to get hold of it. The problem at Everton is, I'm sorry, players aren't good enough, coach isn't good enough, board isn't good enough, so you've got a perfect storm. I think the fans, though, when you listen to the fans, and what you hear is a lot of passion desire for them to win and I don't think they feel that the players are matching that anywhere near, getting anywhere near that passion that you need to show is and demonstrate. Is that the fault? Is it the, well? They they're the people that actually employ the, the current managers and the previous managers. What the, we had the, seven managers players, in six yeah, years. Yeah, I agree. The ultimately, the decision lies with them, and they're at fault for the decisions they've made. But lack of passion, lack of motivation, lack of commitment, lack of application are all the precinct of the people that want to work on their own most of the time. You get your busy little sod of a chairman down into the ball, into the dressing room. You'll be the first person to say, "Get your nose out." That's got nothing to do with the board. What the manager brings to that football team and what those players are prepared to give for that football club is their responsibility. The bad signings and the failure for Everton to be a competitive side in the Premier League, that's the board responsibility. The team being second to bottom in the league is the manager and the players. But what do we do? Keep changing the manager every six months? No. So, so Get them to do their bleeding jobs. They've had, look at them, Ancelotti, they've had, you know, um, a succession of managers there. Get they them to play really for those fans, those players. They deserve better, the fans. Not the ones that are making threats to owners. Not the ones that are stepping above the line, going on a pitch and giving No, of Patrick, course, they Patrick need Vieira unity. They, they Not need those un Herberts. No, but they need unity there. And they get that. They need to be seen. They're given a signal on the pitch. They want that passion to come from their players. And they're not necessarily seeing That's that. right. Yeah. So we're singing the same Mark, song. would you not we? concede that a team made up of Pickford, Godfrey, Cody, Tarkowski, Coleman, Onana, Guy and Malenko, it will be Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Damari Gray are better than joint bottom they are, of the yes. Premier League. Yeah, I think I would argue that under Ancelotti, if you only took, there was only three players, Richarlison, Rodrigo, uh, maybe Allen, that uh, are not an out of the football club. We're in so that team. And the team was pushing for the top three, top four. So, But they find themselves in this position with no confidence, no goal scorer. They, they just can't score a goal. They could, I mean, a set piece the other day, any open play, it's, not, it's just not happening, Jim. What is it, one win in ten? 
It, it really is a really poor period. Now, I feel for Frank Lampard. He's got a, he's playing, he's almost playing against his own fans right now. They need some level of unity. It didn't work at the weekend. You're trying to buy players in and they're looking at a situation that's toxic. Who's coming to the club? If there's any money to buy anybody, it's not a good look. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Good morning, everybody. It is Jim White, Arsenal Invincible, Martin Keown. Simon Jordan is alongside me as well. What a game that is actually coming up. Uh, West Ham against Everton. On West Ham, uh, Martin Keown, one goal did for West Ham at the weekend, and it was Daniel Podence of Wolves who got it. And that means West Ham are languishing down there with Southampton, who won, of course, at Everton. And Everton down there, where those clubs very much at this stage in the season, any time of the season, you do not want to be, but that's where they find themselves, down there in the danger zone. West Ham have a lot to do to get out of it. Can they get out of it? Certainly post-match at Molyneux, West Ham boss David Moyes had a message for the fans. What we've given West Ham supporters in the last few years, I hope that they'll give us back when we're in a difficult period. So they give us back everything, but I hope that the players and the staff have given the club in the last uh, couple of years then. I'm sure that'll help us because you always want the backing of your of your home support mainly and... Uh, We've always had it, so let's hope that continues. David Moyes there, post-match at Wolves. Simon, what's your take on that? Because West Ham are down there and they are fighting for their very Premier yeah. League existence. And Moyes says, right, well, you, the fans, can help us here because, yeah, we're in a bit of a predicament. You do your job, we'll try and do ours. I mean... I think I think there's an element of, of, of him being right about that. I also think there's an element of flakiness about it. But I think he's right to call upon the fact that there's a body of work that's got us to this point. You supported us when we were in ascendancy. Give us a bit of support when we're in, descend, we're in descendant. We're in a descendant position. I think also it's incumbent upon football teams, football managers and football players to give people something to support and you, not to defend the indefensible. West Ham have been poor this season. And some of their big players that have been, and we spoke about it with Stuart Pearce on Friday, some of their players like Suchek and Antonio um, and a few of the other players that have been, and Bowen, that have been very big players from last season aren't turning up. Some of the other players that have landed in, like Paqueta, that you expected them to be better than they are, haven't set the heaven on fire right now. And David's got no nowhere to hide at the moment because normally you've got to hide behind, you know, God rest his soul, David Gold, David Sullivan and Karen because they won't spend any money. Now they've got nowhere to hide there. So there is a there was a, there was a tipping point between supporting something because you've earned the right to have some support because of the body of work and then going beyond that point. And they're getting the balance now yeah. is about coming to that point now. You see, Martin, I mean, to a large extent, West Ham fans will be thinking, well, what do we believe? Now, the reason I ask you that is this. <laughs> Stuart Pierce is on with Simon and myself and Fred. Do you remember Simon? Yeah. Stuart Pierce was saying, dropped in. I'm always welcome. Of course he is. Worked for the club. Dropped in. Took in some of the, the, the mood, some of the atmosphere, says, great, great. Got into this weekend, they're all feeling great. The mood's positive. And then they lose. Yeah, against the Wolves team, by the way, and uh, they look very capable. I, I don't think that West Ham will go down. You know, I, I look at the bottom of the table now and I fear, I fear for Bournemouth, you know, dropping into that bottom of the half of the table. I see, I see that Forrest have picked up 16 points, Jim, in the last sort of 10 games. They've done incredibly well. Forest. They've turned a corner. They've come out of trouble. Um, but I think West Ham will will escape. I don't believe Everton will. What I'm seeing right now, I don't even think Southampton will. Who uh, have had an incredible week. Um, so 
I, when I look at trends, I look at West Ham, I see what I like. I like the look of what I see. I don't think they get thumped at any point. I just think they just need to turn it around, Jim. They were in Europe at the, last year, did incredibly well. They were, what, fifth place? They were going for top four at one stage last season. Uh, it has fell away. He's tried to integrate different players, different, more, more creative players, more technical players, and they lost their way a little bit. But I expect, I mean, this is a huge game coming up now this weekend against Everton. I mean, West Ham are at home. What he's doing, he's just setting, he's trying to call to the fans, we need your support. You know, and maybe they're, if they're more galvanised, certainly than Everton were last weekend, expect them to win this match. It's a game they've got to see in their season they're going to win. And, and maybe then they turn it around. But I think David Moyes is a very good manager. I think he's a very a safe pair of hands in their situation. And, and yet I've been really shocked. And yet reports this morning, Martin, that they are looking at replacements. Yeah, but they're, they're, their fans can turn. Their fans can turn and you just wonder where you are with them. And I actually went on record saying that maybe that season when they in COVID, that maybe the fans not being there was a chance for West Ham to build. Now, now they're returning. Those West Ham fans need to show that they can play their part now and really get behind. I don't, as an Evertonian, I don't really want to see that. But David Moyes, he won't, you know, he's been a manager of Everton. He knows what it's about. And he knows that that's a game that they must win to try and finish Everton off. But West Ham can only grow, Jim, from here. It's been really disappointing this season. Who do, you, who do you think is going to get relegated, Martin, out of curiosity? I mean, I know we're only halfway through a season and we are in that dreadful position of talking about relegation already. But if you were looking at the bottom now, who would you, I mean, who would you think are going to go? Well, I think Southampton yeah. will go. I think Bournemouth will go mm. um, and I think maybe well I was thinking Forest before the weekend but they've really surprised me they look like a team I mean the way that they've learned they got thumped by, by Leicester last time round and they won the game comfortably I think Johnson is a player Brennan Johnson is one now that's actually looking like he, he belongs Do you think Everton are going to go? I think Everton will change places with my initial thought was Forest but I think Everton could go now if they, if they have got to I mean I look at Connor Cody at the back and I think there's a leadership. There's leadership at the back, but I don't. Who's scoring the goals? Mm. Um, it's a real problem for Everton. They can't spend any money, and they do need a striker. Calvert Lewin now needs to be reborn and 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 find confidence that seems to have disappeared. Okay, he's been injured a great deal. Uh, Gordon now not making it into the team. Silly free kick he gave away at the weekend. They need to do something big, Everton, if they're going to get out of trouble. Simple as that. Mm. So David Moyes, we heard that soundbite, is saying to the West Ham fans, look, we gave you a lot last season. All right, we're in something of a predicament at the moment, but it's time for you to really get behind us and we will endeavour to deliver. Is he right to do that? How do West Ham fans feel about that? And talking about Everton being too good, Martin Keown, to, to, to be in the position they're in. That. West Ham, where the players they've got, where the players at their disposal, Everton should not be where they are, but they are. The players are underachieving. So why are they underachieving? You could say the same about West Ham. Why are they underachieving? With good players like Declan, like Jared Bowen, like Paqueta. Yeah, but he's tried, Jim, hasn't he? Skamaka's come in. The, no one can question the quality of the purchase, but they haven't actually made the thing better. And he's tried to go a bit more technical and they stopped doing the hard work. They always used to last season, every time they played against one of the big top five, top six teams, they play with a back five. That seems to have disappeared a bit now. You know, so they've got that wrong. They've got. They seem to have the wrong balance. I think Europa League are playing in Europe, Europe, aren't they? They're they are. Europe, yeah. Yeah. They are. But how much is that taking out of the team? Okay, they haven't had Europe for a good spell. Um, I can't work out why West Ham have lost their way, but they need to because such is the clamour there for success. The feeling mm. from the fans. Mm. He's got Moyes has got to get that right quicker because he could. We're looking at. A, a, I don't want to put a sack race at, a, on on the table, yeah. but for some reason West Ham might be more likely to get rid of him. For, and he, I don't think he deserves it. 
I think he's trying to build and I think he's the, man, the right man for their future. Um, uh, many West Ham fans getting in touch. Now, Dom Smith is one of them. As a West Ham fan, we're sick and tired of the same repetitive stuff from Moyes. We are supporting the club. We're giving them the, our backing. But the manager seems to be scared to change, so he's got to be brave. Simon's a big West Ham fan. Simon, good morning to you. Where do you stand in this? Uh, good morning, Jim. Morning, mate. Um, I, uh, can I pick up on two things that Martin um, has... Uh, for for sure, yeah. Um, which I think are questionable at the very best. One is, he said, I fear for Everton because they don't seem to have an identity of the way that they play, but West Ham do. Martin, how many times have you seen West Ham live this season? Because if, if you've seen them, if you've seen them more than twice, and you think we've got an identity, then you, you, you have no clue. Um, and the second point is, um, you said that David Moyes is a, is a good manager, and anyone who's done something for thirty years and has won nothing, and has played as, as, uh, as to the detriment of three or four of the clubs that he's managed. Um, I'm struggling to see what your point is there. Are you going and to the game, Simon, at the weekend? I certainly did. I was up at Wolverhampton with the other three and a half thousand. Are you going? In, are you going uh, at the weekend? I, I will be. Yeah. Uh, every, if, as an Evertonian, I'm delighted because if you're going to go and give that kind of support to your team, the discontent in, to hear from you is un, unreal. You've got a manager you don't want, and you've got you don't. I, I honestly Sorry, feel challenge two points that you made. And I'm challenging. I'm challenging your challenge on it because I think that yes, when you look at so that team, is a good manager, and we've got an identity. So was he a good manager when you were when you were when you were tussling for fourth place last season? Right. Was he a good manager? No, come on. No, right. Tell me now. What is right and positioning? Tell me. Was he a good manager last season? No. Yes or no? I've just said no. I don't know. He wasn't. Oh, okay. That's on. That's that's unfair. That's harsh. Right. He was a good manager last year. He'll never be a good manager in your mind if he's nearly fourth and he's not a good manager. Martin, I'll back it up. But if you, if you give me two seconds just to back up why I don't think he's a good manager, I'll point it out to you. And then you can challenge me, OK? On you go, Simon. Is, right. In January 2022, we were fourth in the league and we were top of the Europa League thing and we qualified and didn't have to play the next game. OK? We had 13, one three fit outfield players at the time. He decided not to purchase anyone. He came up with the Rafinha and Phillips stuff, which was beyond ridiculous, on the basis that Phillips didn't kick a ball until March because he was injured. So that was clearly, there was no truth in that. And he's just done a podcast this very morning where he admitted that he turned down Alvarez because he thought Antonio was playing so well. 13 outfield players, we were still in, we were still in the FA Cup, we, was, we were still in Europa, and we were fourth in the league. And I said that we will finish 20 points behind Tottenham Arsenal and Man United this season because of his lack of foresight. Well, 20 points would be a dream. So that's Simon, where Moyes lost the fan. When they, when, they bought, when they bought Skamaka um, and Pakatar, were you yeah. pleased with those signings? Were you, did you think as a West Ham fan, oh, we're going to another level? We're spending some money. No. These are high cap. No, because no? I've never seen either of them play before in my life. So, so, so and you're talking to them bad players. And, 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 and you're calling for me in terms of the, my analysis of, of West Ham and my my knowledge of football. And you've never seen those two play before. That's a ridiculous comment. So, how many times have you seen Skamaka uh, and Paqueta play then, Martin? With, well, like, because I've got the facility to look at it, so I'm watching them. They're good players. It's a, it's another step right. up. 
to think that West Ham were even in the running for those players five years ago was almost a miracle. Yeah, but Martin Samuel would tell you those same players are not doing it for West Ham at the well, moment. Because they're not they're not fitting in to... Hang on, Simon. They're not quite fitting in, Simon, to the way that West Ham were used to play. The Bodens and people are not... Benaramas, they're not producing right now. It's a difficult time. What I'm calling for, though, is the West Ham fans to stick with, as I am with the Everton fans, stick with their players. I don't think it's a million miles for David Moyes to get it right. There's been progress at that football club. We've got such a good manager. We've got England as number four, Italy's number nine, Brazil's number ten. So who do you want? On target once a game, if you're lucky. Who do you want? The manager's not a problem. Who do you want as the next manager for that football club? Martin, I'm not a scout, right? I don't scout footballers. And I don't, you're good at you're I, good at I, telling I, me what's wrong, but you don't have any solutions. If you've got a solution, I'd like to hear it. So I'm, don't go to I'm the sorry, game at the weekend if you're just going to go there and whinge and moan and not get behind your team. How do you know whether I whinge or moan when I go to football? Well, it sounds like it. Know? If you're like this on a Monday morning, I'm pretty well certain you like it on a Saturday afternoon. No, I like it on a Monday morning because somebody on the radio spouts stuff that they know nothing about. West Ham have an identity in the way they play. Again, I brought that up. You've not, you've, you've skipped over that because I've asked for you to explain that identity, and you can't. Explain. Well, I, I, can you I, I think Simon on that one, Martin. I think, I think do they have clear. an identity? I think they do. I think it's very clear. I think they play with that four-three-three system. I think Rice sits sits deep now. I think one of the biggest problems this year is that they used to have a two that sat there, but now it's one. They're trying to be more creative in that midfield, and they're losing that battle. I don't think Bowen has really turned up really this season. Uh, of course, that the impact of not making the World Cup squad. They've gone back with Antonio, uh, and he's dried up in front of goal. That's the that's their issues. Uh, but I do see a clear identity. Without doubt, I see an identity. Your one hundred percent essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.